Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Dr. Ash, Ashley Contorno of South Bay Strength Company, joining us from Harbor City, California. Dr. Ash, what's going on? How are you today? Hello. Good morning for me. Almost afternoon for yes. you. I'm doing good. I'm excited. We've had some delays in doing this. I rescheduled a couple times because I had some emergencies, but I am ready to dive in. The life of an entrepreneur is never one on a set schedule, at least. But we're here nonetheless. We'll have some fun. We'll talk about the gym. Now, before we get into the business side of things and, and explore all that that looks like, talk to us a little bit about what South Bay Strength Company is, first and foremost. For people listening who aren't familiar with this business, how do you describe what you do? Sure. So we started this business out of necessity. Um, we're in Los Angeles, which is one of the most diverse, great places to live, but it's very hard to get around. So we found ourselves, I'm a power lifter. My husband is a bodybuilder and we found ourselves having three gym memberships. And it was mostly due to my necessity of different equipment. Uh, if you're a power lifter, you know, we're very persnickety about what we need to bench on and the plates we need to deadlift with and the bars. And my husband was just kind of in my ear. We need to start a gym. We need to start a gym. We need to start our own gym. And then we did. So not to get too detailed, but we are a hardcore powerlifting and bodybuilding gym. We started more on the powerlifting side. And then as we grew and expanded, we've melded both worlds to be, it's very niche and very specific of if you want to powerlift, we have everything and anything you could ever want. You don't even need to bring anything besides your clothing and bodybuilding just the same um, from posing down to the music and vintage equipment specified for bodybuilding. So that is what we are, what we do. We are pretty grungy, pretty old school, and we don't necessarily cater to the masses. We have our market that we definitely acquire those customers. Yeah. And so I'm interested in, in how all of this came to be. Take us back, not necessarily to day one of the doors opening on this. Take us back to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up a gym. What sparked that? And, and how did that whole conversation go when we present the idea? So most people have the desire to open a gym their entire lives. They're very into fitness, whether they want to expand their hobby or start a business. I did not <laughs> at all. Um, I've kind of been in a managerial role, any job I've ever had from the time I was 14 when I started working up through working, you know, my last job at a hospital. And I just did not want the responsibility of having, I just wanted to come in, clock in and leave and leave my work at work. And my husband was the one that came up with the idea. And I feel like our transition from idea to brick and mortar is very different than a lot of people and that it was only three months. Oh, yes. okay. Three months from so the, him. The timeline is tight. Okay. It was very small. We did, we moved, but once I finally agreed, so my husband is the idea man. He is like, we need to do this. We have it. He just spitballs ideas all day long. And then they kind of bounce off me and some of them stick. 
And when they stick, I am the implementer. I hit the ground running. I am very procedural. I do all the work. I become an expert in whatever I'm diving myself into. And then I get it done. And in the three weeks from the time, so he was probably shooting the idea at me for maybe like six months, like just kind of gesturing. We should open our own gym. We have all these gym memberships, blah, blah, blah. And then once I said yes, three months later, we were open. Yeah, so 90 days is the turnaround time, which is unheard of in uh -huh. our space for quote unquote normal people, at least. Ashley was the one, once the idea was implanted, we're doing this thing. Talk to me, just kind of reminisce and look back on that time since you guys opened up this. What's been what's been your favorite part about running your own gym and what's been the toughest part? My favorite part, I mean, for both sides of that coin, there are many. But if I had to say my favorite part, every time we have an event or even when the gym is crowded and I take a moment and I just look around and it like it gives me goosebumps right now thinking of it and it does in that moment when I just look around and I look at all of these people enjoying their experience from something that we created that now has become bigger than just our vision. This is people's their safe space. This is their place to go. This is where they hang out with their friends and it's more of a community than it is just a place to come and work out. And it just fills my heart up so much whenever I get to see that come to fruition in real life. Difficult. Um, we all of the things we are anticipating being problems as gym owners never have actually happened. It is the things that we didn't even foresee coming because we didn't have the vernacular. Um, we have been sued twice. Um, we had uh -oh. a very, very um, tumultuous relationship with our first landlord and the exit oh. process from that building was terrible. Um, those were the things that we never even envisioned happening. And it wasn't even the money because we lost a lot of money, even though we won. Um, it was just the process of going through what that struggle would look like. We actually got shut down in our first building for a little bit due to one of the lawsuits. So those it was just unforeseen circumstances that we didn't even know that could happen were the things that have been the most difficult. Rare is it that I hear a warm and fuzzy landlord story. It's far more often the case that you found yourself in. And, and we won't go down the rabbit hole of commercial leasing and all of the do's and don'ts because that could take hours and hours and yeah. hours. But a great one now. I will say that. Lesson <laughs> learned nonetheless. Yeah. We've moved on in a better space now. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you found the the clients or the customers to join you throughout this because like it it, it was a gym that we created. You guys have your niche, but you could be the greatest coach or the greatest physical therapist or the greatest gym owner in the world. And if people don't know that the business exists, you're going to have an empty building. So for you guys in the time that you've been doing this, what's been successful on the marketing standpoint and what maybe what would you not recommend to people? So I feel like we got very lucky on this front in the sense that I believe to date in the five years that we've been open, we have spent 50 advertising dollars, which okay. is, we have a lot of things that are unconventional. Lean budget. Okay. Yes. Um, and I think it was just an ad that I was trialing. Um, 
we set our first location. So let, let to overview, we had we are in our second location, not two different locations, but we just moved buildings um, and we've expanded. So our first location, we made sure that the budget, overall budget of that facility was something that we could handle with our salaries because we both had full-time jobs when we opened it. So if not a single soul showed up, we would just have the sickest private gym ever. <laughs> and maybe just invite our friends so we over the course of the three years of that lease we actually had the opposite problem where we outgrew the space and now we still continue to grow the reason i'll, I'll explain a, a transition when we started what was our benefit was we both have a pretty decent following in our own shared space of him and bodybuilding and me and powerlifting. Uh -huh. um, okay. I have been in a somewhat organic audience built in from the get go. Yep. I see. Yeah. So that our own pages have been our marketing. Um, and we didn't need a lot of customers or members to meet and reach our overhead at the first facility. When we branched into the second location, we definitely needed to grow because we barely had enough to just even cover the rent, not including our other expenses or acquiring new equipment to expand. What has transitioned now, I would say, aside from still the growth of our own you know, abilities and being active in the community and getting visuals that way, we have become what my dream is, and that's to be a destination facility. So like before I moved to California, because I'm actually from the Midwest, I'm from Cleveland, and uh, I knew when I came here, when I was moving here, there was like three gyms I wanted to go to because I knew about them from the internet. They're like, yeah. you know, and I was like, I want South Bay to be on that list. And now we are on that fucking list. And it blows my mind. Like I have people like, oh, I drove up from San Clemente. Oh, I'm here from San Francisco. Like all across the state, people are vacationing. They're on vacation and they're like, I have to come to this gym while I'm on vacation. And, um, you know, that and that has increased our traction on the Internet and people sharing us and the visibility within the Los Angeles market because of the way our facility is positioned and looks and feels now. So I would say it's all been organic, but it has grown and shifted because of the the vastness of us being a destination facility now. Yeah. Let me ask you this given the the 50 or so dollars that we've spent on it do you think that now or in the future you will look towards the advertising route as a growth strategy or do you think it's it's not really viable for what you guys are doing yes and no so yes actually in july i have um planned into our budget we're going to start paying for a content creator to start making videos um, more specifically of me I do a lot of educational videos from a physical therapist perspective and I want some more professionalized content on that and we're going to grow our YouTube channel and then that's also going to be by proxy marketing the gym so I wouldn't say directly advertising to gain customers but advertising in the sense of we're going to grow our brand's content to have a wider visible audience but we honestly don't want to just market to the masses because as i said we are so niche that the majority of marketing we would do would miss a lot of our target and hit more customers that aren't necessarily the people we're trying to cater to yeah that's a good good point that we need to keep in mind in our space i think marketing in and of itself is a lot of the time a scary venture for people just because it's foreign we don't 
nobody opens up a gym dreaming of sitting on Facebook ads manager and, and running campaigns. Yeah. And so it can, it can be intimidating first and foremost, but to get to the people that we're trying to reach is an even greater challenge for you guys. The specificity of what you do, it just, it just doesn't make sense to approach it from a traditional advertising sense, at least. Beyond that, I want to I wanna pick your brain a little on how people actually sign up for this, because I think sales in our field has really gotten bastardized over the years and, and become this kind of high pressure gimmicky type situation. So let me ask you this, can, so from, a, from a high level at least, somebody reaches out interested in training or joining the gym in some capacity, walk me through the different steps of what happened to go from interested lead to now paying member. I agree that it is a very precarious situation in our market and it has, it's almost like the used car salesman, right? Um, it just makes so, you uncomfortable to even yeah. think about it. Yeah. We have the, I call it anti-corporate everything. We are the anti-corporate gym, anti-commercial gym. Um, because we don't have sales representatives. We don't take calls like that. We don't even have staff. We run 24 seven staffless. Um, interested members, whether they reach out via a phone call, a direct message, a text message or an email, I direct them to purchase a day pass because we don't do any free trials. Um, we have found that we have a product that speaks for itself and you get what you pay for. And I will gladly offer someone a reimbursement of the day pass rate that they paid into transitioning that into a membership if they want to do that within 24 hours. But all of our signups, if you are interested in our gym, you go in our website portal and you do it yourself and then you get a code or you can download our app to get into the facility and you do it yourself. So by everything goes digital then, is that right? Taking out the sales pitch we're really acquiring customers who really want this. We don't want yeah. anyone to sign up who we have to convince. And I tell people that when they're like, sell me on why I should sign up for your gym. And I go, I'm not going to, because you either- You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you either want to come here or you don't. And if you don't, I don't want you to, I don't want to take your money. Yeah, which is, I, I think it, it echoes a sentiment that you brought up earlier when you said that, financially we weren't in a desperate situation to where we needed to sign up anybody and everybody we can be a little bit more choosy and in the process of that are we a good fit for them but also are they a good fit for us is just as important of a question to be answered in that you guys i mean it's it's been a handful of years that we've been doing this now what do you focus on the most to keep members as members and in the retention standpoint yeah that is, that is a huge thing that we do focus on because we are at the higher price point of gyms locally in the area especially if you put that against what a commercial gym price is so we always you know fall back on you get what you pay for so things that we do for customer retention is I alluded to saying, all I want you to do is show up with your clothes. We provide everything. We have high quality clips and collars. We have kilo plates. We have regular plates. We have, I have 30 tripods around the gym at any time. We provide chalk. We provide bands. We literally have everything you could ever need of warm up tools, uh, tempering tools. 
massage guns, all just out for everyone to use. So it's like, this is a one-stop shop to get everything that you need. Um, we are, we never have a machine that's down for more than whatever it takes to get the part to fix it. Um, it I mean, maybe a week, week and a half, if something, if we have to order a special cable or pad, um, but it's, we're constantly rotating equipment, purchasing new equipment, kind of retiring things that we see aren't being used as much as we think that they should be and making sure that everything is state of the art, well oiled and working appropriately. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting because in the, the, the membership that I don't even like the, the term big box, but in the open gym membership type model, a lot of the time when I hear non-staffed or things like that, it's because the owner is absentee and they're just looking to collect a check. That's not quite you guys here. You're there and aware. Yeah. I think that plays into the retention of this a lot. People notice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we have relationships with all of our members. A lot of them have our personal cell phone numbers that they can call us and text us. And they feel that sense of loyalty, not to the gym, but to us as people, because we're here so much. You know, we train in the gym. My husband's here five days a week. I'm training four days a week. I'm here five days a week in my office doors, unless I'm on a call like this, you know, open where people can stop in, just say hi, ask a question. We have a suggestion box and we do a monthly read. Some of, sometimes it's just for irony, but a lot of times we want people's, you know, feedback because maybe there's a need that we're, that's an opportunity that we're missing that our members are asking for. Yep. As you look forward and, and kind of project on all of this, you mentioned July, we're looking to invest a little bit more on the content side of things. Where do you see the future of South Bay Strength in your mind? Where do you want this whole thing to go? I dare to say we've almost reached the pinnacle of what we have envisioned for the gym in and of itself. That's a good um, problem to have. Yeah, we, we host competitions. We have events. We are very comfortable with where we're at membership-wise. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. But... We do have an uh, alternative business model that we're playing with. We're also, we're trying to buy a house on our personal side of things. So we're, instead of taking every dollar we have and reinvesting it in the business as we- <laughs> Yeah, banks want to see here. some income. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the first time, we're actually reaping some of the rewards of being business owners. And, um, but there is a 7,000 square foot space next door to us. Um, we have 8,000, it was a 15,000 square foot grocery store. And we uh, thought about putting a strength and conditioning studio next door in the front and then expanding the gym in the, in the back half. But, you know, that's a huge undertaking and the amount of money it would cost to do so. So that could be where I see us in the future. Um, but as far as the way the business goes, it's actually just more upkeeping the standard that we've set for ourselves ongoing for the community right now. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting question because when we start these gyms or we start a business like this, we, we dream of big, beautiful equipment and, and people utilizing it and slamming bars and loud music and all of these things. And you, you're kind of there, <laughs> you know, like we yeah. sort of did it. And so now it's, it's funny to see the question become like, all right, like now what? I don't know like what to do, where to go from this. Like we're content, we're comfortable, but I find that people that start businesses like this 
that doesn't last long. There's always a something else. There's always a what next or what else can we improve or how can we tinker or tailor and, and improve things along the way. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up for you guys as time goes on here, at least. Dr. Ash, we're running a bit shy on time, but I want to save a minute for, for you to tell people where they can learn more about this if they aren't familiar. What's the website? What are the social media links? How can people find you guys? Sure. Website and Instagram are both the same, South Bay Strength Co. all together. So either southbaystrengthco.com or South Bay Strength Co. is our Instagram. Um, my personal Instagram is veggie underscore lifter. I put a lot of educational content out there. You can DM the gym, DM me. I take care of them both. Um, we're 25 minutes outside of the great city of Los Angeles. So we're not that far if you're in the LA area. And, um, you know, our website has a virtual tour. So even if you're not from here, you can click on the website right at the top. You can walk through the entire gym via Google that uh, we had do that for us. And it's it's just a cool experience. Tell your friends that are in the area, come drop by, see what it's all about. It's make sure you give yourself like three hours to come because there's a lot to do. It's like a playground for fitness, honestly. The destination as yeah. we described earlier. This has been a bunch of fun. I really appreciate the the openness that you bring when it comes to talking about your business and and what's going on on the surface as well as behind the scenes. So, like I said, I'm excited to see what the the future of this what it looks like and and how things play out. But we're out of time. But I wish nothing but the best for the two of you guys. Thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely, to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me, I have Mr. Armando with Bars and Burn, and we too can do fitness out of Glendale, California. Armando, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. As I mentioned, the weather here is, uh, you know, sunny and about 70, 75, so I'll take it. Yep, you got much better weather than I do. That's for sure, Adam. Well, I think, it is, isn't California the always sunny in 75 or sunny in 80 most of the time well that's what they say but ever since january hit it's been wet cold and uh a lot of parts snowy so i think we just uh. all exchanged weather uh weather uh systems from the east the east coast from the to the west coast yeah april fools came early yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, yeah. Love that. That was good. Um, all right. Well, Armando, I appreciate your time today coming on the show. So I'm going to go ahead and, and give the time to you to explain and give background on who you are, what you've done, and how you got into these facilities. Okay, for sure. Thank you. Um, 
I've been uh, in person. I've been in fitness my whole entire life. Uh, sports and all that got me into fitness. And then a couple decisions that I had made caused me to try. Since I'm in LA, tried to get, become an actor. And then when I was trying to be an actor, I realized, or as a starving actor, you need a job. And so one of the four jobs that I always say that you can have, of course, is bartender, server, valet, and personal trainer. Those allow you enough times to be able to go on auditions. Uh, moving along, I was able to uh, become a personal trainer and worked my way. Uh, I was able to get onto a few, few movie sets as I was still trying to become an actor. Uh, and then I realized real quickly that these people are professional actors. And even though I had done a few things here and there, I realized where not only my gifts laid, uh, but where my passion was. So I switched from acting into full-time personal training. Uh, I was doing, you know, working in the big box gyms, as they say, the 24 hour fitnesses and all them. And I worked my way up. Uh, I then uh, caught a little niche where I was able to uh, work on a few more movie sets and start working with celebrities and, and going down that route. And by doing so, I was able to build up and finally uh, get my first, my first building, uh, my first personal training center. Uh, which is we too can do. And uh, over time, I was able to continue the process. And then I opened my second facility, which is a group fitness center called Bars and Burfits. Wonderful. Yeah. And so, Armando, what was kind of the, the logic behind the names of the two facilities? So... Uh, we too can do came about, even though I know it's not proper English, but I, I wanted to create my whole belief is in is energy or power and movement. And so what I was trying to create was two people creating uh, energy and power and movement. So that's where the we too came from. And then, of course, can do is just a play on the words that it can be done. The two of us can do it and we can do anything. Um, and between the two of us, me and a client or two people, we can create enough energy to have harmony. And so that's even where the logo is, which is my two hands creating power. Um, and that's how we two came about. Um, me and my partner and wife, Kat, uh, we've been in the business now, or that's been open for about 13 12 years. Um, and then in the last four years, we opened up Bars and Burr Fitness because as personal trainers, we did affect quite a few people, but we weren't affecting enough people. We wanted to affect more. Um, we wanted people to understand our style, um, where we come from to fitness and what we believe in, what fitness is and how it gives back to us. And so we wanted to share that on a greater community. And that's where we ended up building Bars and Burr Fitness. Um, and, and again, Barsenberg Fitness is a group fitness center where we wanted to try to cross the lines and take personal training and give it to a group rather than just make it one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so we expanded on a lot of the scopes um, by combining all the things that we have done in fitness, uh, Kat and I, everything that we believe in, which is, you know, all, all facets of fitness. And then we kind of combine them and put them all together to put them into our group class. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's so just kind of spreading the passion a little bit more, reaching more people, changing more lives. 
Yeah, we, you know, that was the ultimate goal is to just keep affecting as many people as we possibly can because uh, my belief in fitness is it is a part of life. I have a, I created what I call the triangle of life. And on the left side, you have finance, um, money. Basically, money is how you buy things, keep yourself safe, um, and have the rewards of life that life can give. On the right side of the triangle, you have family or love. So money supports love and family, but family also supports money because if you have love and family, you're able to work harder and feel better. But then the foundation of the two pillars, of course, is my bottom foundation, which I call fitness or me or you. Uh, you support the foundation of finance and love and family. So you should um, stay in good harmony with your body and mind. And so that's kind of my triangle of life. So I actually, I highly believe in that. And I try to spread that to as many people as possible. That if you have all three, in my opinion, you have the perfect life. No, I really love that analogy. That's actually really great. Um, yeah. And it makes sense because... <clears throat> you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone or anything. Right. Exactly. If you're not mentally, physically strong to go tackle whatever life throws at you, you know, love can be good one day. It can be not so good. You got to work on things, you know, um, money can be good one day. It cannot be good one day and you got to work on it. So what better way to do that than putting yourself in tip top shape first? Exactly. Mentally and physically, because again, it's like, if you're tired, then everything around you is a little bit tired. It makes it a little bit harder, a little bit more aggressive. And like you said, the stress of life, if you're not physically and mentally capable of handling stress of life, it just it, life just will keep pounding on you without you being able to sustain yourself. And so I think, uh, you know, I think fitness and meditation are, should be the foundations of a person's life and so that they can take on life itself. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, well, thank you for sharing that, Armando. Um, let's kind of dive into, let's talk about Bars and Burn. Um, you know, how big is it? How many members do you guys currently have? You said that one was about uh, four or five years ago that it opened. Yeah, so it was uh, four years ago. Um, so prior to COVID, uh, we were doing pretty well. We were building up. We were starting to establish in the first year and a half. We had gotten up to about 120 members. We were just slowly building ourselves up. Yeah. Um, it was a 2,200 square foot gym. So we're still kind of in the boutique range. Uh, because again, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure we were ready for a big one yet. So we kind of stayed small. Um, and we built up to 120 members. And like I said, we were doing really well. And then of course, COVID hit, which it affected many, many gyms. Um, we did everything in our power to uh, stay open. We we moved out in the back, but then the neighbors complained. We moved out to the front, and then the city complained. Uh, we tried to go to the city council. We tried to do everything in our power to sustain our business. Um, and no blame to the landlords. Of course, they, were, they had to pay their, their, you know, their bills to the banks and everything else like that. So, of course, they just wanted their money. Um, so we did everything in our power to boarding up the windows and secretly doing speakeasy gym for a little while um but unfortunately it, time ran out we did that for as long as we could for about six months until we ultimately had to move to a smaller space in the meantime you know moving to a smaller space we did have a small contingent of people that really were able to they stuck with us and they believed in us so luckily for us uh we too 
um, was a, it's a smaller facility tucked back into, uh, I would say like a courtyard kind of back in the back. Um, the reason why is because like I said, I had dealt with celebrities, so I wanted it tucked back and, and kind of off the main strip. And luckily, the business right next to it opened up. So we ended up moving Bars and Burn to an even smaller space, which was pretty incredible. Uh, and, um, and people moved with, you know, like I said, a small contingent moved with us and we were doing, unfortunately, we were having to run speakeasy, uh, you know, gyms. We were doing the personal training side and Bars and Burn right next to it. We are now currently uh, sitting around 65 people. So we've lost a, a, quite a bit, but again, we're slowly building back up. Um, and uh, we are now sitting in a 1200, I think it's a 1200 foot square gym for Bars and Burn. And then it's next door neighbors is, is another two, is another 1500 square foot. So we're about, you know, almost close to 3000 square feet of little gym in the corner. And that's kind of what we've been doing for the last year just see how everything is playing out, but it looks like we're starting to get really ready to move out of the space and try to find something a lot bigger. Man, that, uh, that's, you know, this disheartening a lot because, you know, doing well COVID hit and then you try to operate and then you got people tattling on you and landlords yeah, are, yeah. aren't working either. Like, Hey, I need my money or get out. And it's like, all right, well, who's going to pay your rent if nobody's in there anyways. And, um, right. Yeah. So it's, I get that. It's just disheartening, but it sounds like everything, you know, is hopefully on the up and up from there, from that point. Um, so, you know, with bars and burn, you know, what would you say, you know, have you started gaining back, you know, a decent amount of members that you once had, like, now that COVID's kind of slowly starting to like dissipate if it's pretty much already dissipated? Um, or is there still kind of like that, that leeriness? It's uh, not from members. It's an interesting, it's interesting how COVID affected people differently. Um, it, the mainstream people that did fitness they just continued fitness but a lot of the the people that were i would say being introduced to fitness or what i would consider like a weekend warrior or a three-timer um, those type of people that really did fitness just to maintain health just to make sure that they had enough energy for life kept a good mental health those are the ones that tended to uh, slow down a lot and there's still a little bit of caution in the fact that they they now want to live more outside of meaning like they're traveling more they're doing more of those type of things rather than wanting to come into a gym uh it's slowly it is slowly changing i am seeing the chains come back um as far as our gym goes yes we are starting to get our members back and that's the why we we are now looking into a bigger facility because we are now starting to overflow uh uh, like I said, our little facility, luckily we do have a courtyard, so we're able to overflow outside. And that's another way that we were able to maintain during COVID. Um, but it is, it is, it's, it's a little bit, it's actually, it's a lot more difficult than, um, than prior to COVID. It, it seems, it takes a lot more convincing. It takes a lot more, um, uh, 
it's almost harmony. It takes, it's just, it's, it's much harder. I don't even know how to describe how, why it's that much harder, but it is. Yeah. You know, prior to COVID, you know, to now what, you know, let's dive into kind of like, well, before we even go over there, let's dive into the basics here, you know, bars and burn. When somebody comes in your facility, you know, what's kind of like your, you know, quote unquote elevator pitch to as far as like all the services that are offered inside of bars and burn. Is it just mainly group fitness? Is it like CrossFit style? Is it functional styles or kettlebells? Um, you know, what's kind of like the, the layout of bars and burn? Well, we, uh, yes, it is. Our pitch is to say it's a functional movement. Um, and we don't, we didn't say CrossFit style, even though that was my belief. Like I said, it was more of a functional movement, um, all access, kettlebells, barbells, um, dumbbells, uh, with a lot of mobility mixed in. Um, when people didn't understand that, we would then just say what we try to do is, or now what we're trying to do is what we want to do is take your everyday life and all the movements that you do in every day, and we just want to make sure that you are strong enough and capable enough to do everything. Because even getting in and out of a car, you don't realize that you're probably using over 100 muscles, if not more. So we want to make sure that you can use your everyday life is safe and carefree so that you can live, uh, you can have fun and do anything you choose to do. And that was kind of our little pitch. Again, love that, you know, relating back to the mind and, you know, being conscious of like you're 18 versus 65. It's like, you, you got to be cautious of how you're moving the body because things just don't work the way that they used to. And exactly depending on your physical shape at the time, it's like you throw your back out, you're out for, you know, three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. And that was our, that was our market area also, you know, our market area was 30 to about 50, uh, you know, small families. It was, you know, uh, husband and wives with, with kids. And so that was that area we were hitting, uh, marketing towards. So we did get a lot of those type of people. So we did, you know, make them understand that you are getting older. The, the things that you could do in your twenties or your early teens, you know, will start catching up to you. Believe me, I, I will tell you that things start catching up to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank, thank goodness for fitness. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, with bars and burns specifically, and I'm sure the we too is probably some, some similar, you know, that's been up and running for a little bit longer. Um, yeah. you know, what obviously recouping from COVID and everything, but what's like your big goals with bars and burn, you know, the rest of this year, the next one to two years coming up. Uh, the rest of the, this year is, uh, we are currently looking for a larger facility so that we, we can basically we have almost overfilled our gym and we're getting real close to it so the bleed over is almost is just too much even for the the courtyard that we have up front so we're attempting to look for a larger gym so that we can then uh again go back to a facility that we we think that we could expand in more so so we're looking for a little bit more like 3,500 square feet, 4,000. Again, nothing too, too large um, because we haven't fully grown into those or fully seen what it is like to be in a mid-sized gym, much less a larger one. So mm -hmm. that is our next step. And that's what we're processing or going into. Um, and then it's to 
take the functions that we have and just keep expanding on uh, what we currently have. Yeah, the system seems to work um, slowly, yeah, but you know, it, it's, we continue to grow. So that's what, we, what we're looking for. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's even, even being, I should say that even though we have been profitable for quite some time, it's still always a constant struggle. So again, there's always that fear of, okay, we're going to go into a bigger facility. How long is it going to take us to fill this facility to be able to, you know, make sure that we can afford this facility. So those type of fears always tend to, you know, you look at a 4,000 or a 4,000 square gym and you're just like, that's beautiful. I can turn that into something special, but then you're just like, okay, how long is that going to take to make sure that we can fill it to be able to afford it? So that's a, you know, those type of things. Right. It's like it, the need is there for the bigger facility, but now it's like, okay, what systems or strategies marketing or, or, you know, are going to be in place to fill the gym quicker rather than, you know, later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. So speaking of marketing and leads, you know, where do the majority of your guys' leads come from right now? And how many would you say you're, you're getting in on like a monthly basis? So uh, we do most of, most of our leads are just community leads, word of mouth. Uh, we, of course, use the Instagrams and the Facebooks are all social medias, I should say. Um, uh, any of the search engines we, we plopped on ourselves. Um, but that's about it. That's pretty much it. And as far as leads or current clientele, we're very low um, right now. Um, and that's where we might, we're going to, we need to expand on. And this is, I, this is something that I need, I, I need to work on is uh, concentrating on how to further my marketing skills or to seek more professional help as far as that goes. Um, and that's something that I highly recommend to people is seeking uh, assistance where you, you are weak. Um, because that's, not, that's actually another term that I use for myself is to continue to master my craft. And I can't master my craft when, when I look at my weaknesses and some of my weaknesses uh, or one of my weaknesses is marketing and, you know, product development and continuing to expand the gym. So those are where I'm working right now, but we are averaging probably, I would say about 10 a month right now, which is very limited uh, compared to what some, what sometimes we lose, you know, we have the, the new classes and we bring in new people and then, you know, we'll get maybe about four or five of those plus a constant, maybe a few more, uh, involved after that. But again, there's also, in my defense, we, we can't expand too fast right now because the facility just will not sustain what we are doing. So again, that might be a fear factor or true. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, basic math, you know, your, your current facility, uh, excuse me, um, current facility is what, 1200 square foot. You're at 65 people. Yeah. Depending on your layout, again, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a magician when it comes to that stuff either. However, you yeah. know, typically, you know, hundred people per thousand square foot is about, you know, pushing it to the max per se, I guess we'll, we'll say. Right. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're, you know, pretty close. And then obviously you get, you get those extra leads or that extra, that membership base, and then, you know, helps with the beginning stages of a new studio, but um, yeah, like I said, I don't know how your studio is laid out. If it's, it's very open, if there's, you know, um, rigs and stuff in place and whatnot, but, um, and that's, the, and that's where it starts running into, if we were, 
a kettlebell dumbbell body weight, you know, that type of movement up and down, that would be easy. Our company's yeah. named Bar, so of course we have to have barbells in it. So that's where it starts getting complicated because the barbell is a barbell and it takes up a lot of room plus the movement itself. So that's where everything starts getting, okay, we're now, this is a little bit too much space. And even yeah. though we do have the outdoors, carrying a barbell outdoor plus all the plates and everything else gets a little complicated <laughs> at times. Yeah. And you need even though we just yell at everybody. Yeah, we just tell everybody lifting. You're lifting. It's just fitness, part of fitness. Move the move the stuff around. So you know. Yeah, there you go. Like, look, you'll burn a few extra yeah. calories. You can have uh, an extra yeah. slice of uh, pizza as a reward or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> have an extra glass of wine that night. It's fine. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, you know, roughly how big are your classes, you know, like what's like the capacity per se with obviously barbell style movements and stuff. The maximum capacity when we do run our barbells, cause we, it is bars and burns. So there is our secondary class, which is more of a, like a boots camp style class. It's called burn. Um, uh, our bars class to take maximum nine people, uh, 10, if we really push it. Uh, if we expand, uh, and then the burn class can take up to about 20. So we can double that amount, of course, because that's what the bars are. So that's roughly what we run at any one time is 10 to 12 or 10 to 20. Um, but right now we tend to, we like the, our sweet spot is going to be around eight so that our coaches can concentrate a little bit more with uh, the barbell movements. Um, and then we run about 15 with the burn class. So those are where we're kind of, we tend to want to go into those two areas. With the burn class, is that obviously more cardio based? And then the burn Yeah, it's more kettlebells. Yeah, there's no, no barbells being used in that particular class. Yeah, it's all kettlebells, all dumbbells, very explosive, plyo movements, multi-directional. Um, just basically you're, you're on for 30 minutes and you're not stopping. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what does retention look like for your facility? Obviously you've had challenges with COVID and things like that, but now moving forward on the, the right path, finally, hopefully, you know, yeah. is there a lot of turnover month over month? Is it, you guys have pretty low attrition? We, we've been keeping a lot, a lot of our staff. No, we, it's been pretty low lately. Um, as, as we have grown and learned into the system, of how things and people work a little bit more. Uh, we've been able to a lot more, a lot, or excuse me, we've been able to sustain a lot more people or keep them longer. Um, our attrition seems to be, you know, we will lose the two, maybe two or three uh, a month for whatever life reasons, of course. So, you know, babies, uh, work, relocation, um, those type of things, but overall, we've been keeping a lot of uh, a lot more of our people, which is which is really nice because it's it's nice to have our community back. Yes, it's it's one of those things where you have it, and then COVID knocked it all away for the most part, and then it's like you you have to rebuild like the new community. Um, or yeah. so I mean, so it seems you know it's different space you know some people some, some people stay some people go yeah um, and that's you, you know what as far as covid what if you would have first asked me during covid what the effects were 
And I would have angrily probably told you that COVID was the worst thing that could possibly happen because it tried to steal my business. But now if you were to ask me the effects of COVID, I would actually tell you it was probably one of the best things that happened to me because what it showed me is that some of the systems that we had in place were good enough to sustain us through uh, even a pandemic level type of situation. And we were still able to, even though we did have to move and even though we did uh, have to really shrink down in size and really do, we did lose over half of our, our members. The fact that we still kept our business alive and we still struggled through was kind of the reward at this really negative uh, period in time. You know, it was like we did do, we must have done something right because we were able to survive, even shrunken down, but we survived. So um, it's, you know, you do have to have, you know, when we first started out, we had so many classes and so many things going on that COVID made us really hone in to the things that were our, our like I said, bread and butter. And then we just focused on those two things and we just gave it everything we got. And that's really what sustained us. So again, COVID, even though it seemed like this big evil thing taught Kat and I how to just really hone everything in and just stay the course that we meant to, that we started in the beginning. Yeah. And that's, that's the most positive way to look at it too. It's like, you just went through the hardest time in this era, probably that will hopefully ever come about. You never know. Um, yeah. It's like, if you can be resilient through that and stay successful, just by staying open, imagine what you can do in the next years moving forward. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like, oh, real estate. Yeah. Okay. We're going to work our way through it. Members come and go. How do we get better? How do we keep more members longer? How do we maximize the value that we provide to our members? It's like all that stuff almost seems less now than like you said before COVID. Because you yeah. don't really think about it that way. Yeah, exactly. Also, the other big benefit is, is that uh, before COVID, the fitness community was, even though there was large pods, it was still separated as a whole. I think COVID really has brought in fitness community closer together, even the larger companies, uh, they just all started coming together because we all started going online. They're all started realizing that this was a real, you know, it's not going to go away no matter how much you, you try to push on us. Uh, fitness is going to, is here to stay and that's it. And so it's very interesting. Yeah. You, you, you almost feel like you would say that people are wanting to be together more now than when they didn't have the chance to during COVID. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Um, you know, um, from prior to COVID to now, what were some two parts to this first part is what were some systems and processes in place that you thought were really, really good. You're like, I got this great. And then COVID happened and then you're rebuilding. And you're like, wait a minute, we got to change a few things, you know, where, if any of those thoughts happen, you know, what would some, some systems and processes that were in place that maybe have changed from um, prior to COVID to now? So, I kind of hinted on it on the last, uh, what I was saying before is 
we allowed too many things to go on. We had too many different styles of classes. Yes. We had too many, uh, too many, uh, like different price points. Like if you took this class, it was one point. If you took two, it was this point. There was just so many different price points, so many different, so many different classes going on. There was, we were just trying to make everybody happy that we weren't touching on enough uh, of what we believed in we were just a functioning gym that had a bunch of stuff going on and even though we were finding success it wasn't real success it felt it felt uh, like when COVID hit it just felt like that whole thing just went away it was like all those classes just ditched, didn't work there was just too much going on we were struggling to try to keep so many things open and half of them wouldn't have worked in this smaller gym um so you know the, the onboarding system as far as like bringing somebody in it was like you're gonna you'll take you'll take this particular class and if you graduate from this you'll go to another style of class and then you just kind of work your way up um that you know half the time people didn't want to leave the first level or the second level um and then they would get kind of acclimated to that style and they would get bored and they would leave so those type of things it was just too much it was way too much. So what we have done now is like I touched on before is we now have two programs and that is it. That is our name. We have our bars class and we have our burn class. Our bars class is a functional bar style class that when you graduate burn or if you do want to lift more of what you're doing now, we're just, you now move up to the bars class and now it's the same movements. It's now just with a barbell. So you're able to then focus on a lot more strength and just the natural progression of how the body builds up. You're able to move into the bars class. But again, these are our two bread and butter systems. So it's very simple to just say, okay, this is the system in place that we have. You're going to start off taking our burn class. And if you want, even though it is a very aggressive class, you can build up to get to another level. So this is how we do it. You, you know, we, we have the simple buy one, get one free. So basically you can try our class. If you like it, you get a second one on us. By then, hopefully we can tell you what we are. You'll understand what we're about and what we're going to teach you and how we're going to maintain and, and keep you safely happy at doing fitness and then if you do want to graduate or you do want to move up you then go to, to take on to the next one that's our that's our simple process to me it's just you want to keep it as simple as possible uh for everybody including you know myself and cat yeah uh, absolutely you you can't have too many things because it's like how can you be the very best at everything that you do if you have so much variety right exactly yeah. And then who knows, maybe you guys, you know, when you expand into this new space and you're like, okay, like these classes, like we've mastered these classes are good. And now maybe you add one extra thing to that or, you know, whatever the future may hold. Yeah, exactly. It, it might, the only thing that I would probably do now is to even have more of a beginning style class. And that's all I would try to do is just give a true beginners somewhere so that they're not uh, semi-intimidated so they're not intimidated by people that have been with us for a couple of years and they know our style and they're gotten pretty strong and they're pretty fast you know they walk in and they're like i can't do this it's like okay no no problem you're not going to start there we're going to bring you over here we're going to teach you how to live the life of fitness and build up and learn how to change your life and 
and make fitness uh, just as important as work in your family. Yeah. Uh, I like that. A beginner class is huge, especially if it's like a class of people where, Hey, like this Saturday or whatever the case is, you know, this is going to introduce you to, you know, what you're going to be doing in class and, and so on and so forth. Exactly. Love it, man. Well, cool. I think that's a great place to wrap up. I got a couple last things for you here today. First one being is, okay. you know, with your years of experience and what you've been doing so far and, you know, what you've went through, what would be some words of advice that you would give another person that's going into the fitness entrepreneurship life? You know, whether it's barbells, whether it's kickboxing, whether it's just a one-on-one personal training gym, you know, what words of advice would you give somebody? So my first thing is to just because you're a personal trainer or just because you're a group fitness instructor, just because you're a coach or just because you have a background and you love fitness, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, then you have to understand what an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur is a marketer. An entrepreneur is a salesperson. An entrepreneur is somebody uh, that other people uh, need to believe in. They have to have uh, they have to have the mindset to understand what an entrepreneur is. It's uh, it's possibly long hours. It's it's tons of hard work, but the benefits are very very rewarding. So like I, I pointed on one time before, I try to master my craft and that's what I highly recommend people to do is master your craft. It's not the perfect program. It's not the perfect exercise. It is basically the other part of business, which is almost the perfect marketing scheme or the perfect sales system. Uh, also back house operations are super important. So those, if you can learn those concepts while learning or, or mastering your perfect program or your class, you will be very successful in, as far as being an entrepreneur. Love that. Thank you for that, Armando. And then last but not least is give a shout out of your facility. How can our audience right now listening reach your facility, whether it's a Facebook page, an Instagram, maybe a website, TikTok? Yeah, well, we are over here in Glendale, California. Um, not Arizona, Glendale, California. <laughs> We're over here on the north side of Glendale. Come over off of Brand. You'll see our two little facilities. Uh, come and join us, Bars and Burn Fitness, and we too can do. We will get you into shape and make your life happy. Absolutely. Love that. Uh, well, thank you, Armando. Um, for everybody out there listening, go check out our facility. Reach him. Um, reach out to him if you want, you know, some strength, some cardio, um, and, a, and a balance between your body and everything that goes around you, you know, come check him out. He'll definitely point you in the right direction. Um, and then most importantly, if you are interested and want to be on our show, there's a link on the bottom, click on it, type in your information. We'll get you in touch with the host and we'll talk all things fitness and business related based on your perspective. So until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. 
the goal is simple. Cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, we have Caroline Lawson of Buffalo Multifit, technically in Hamburg, New York. Caroline, how are you today? What's going on? I'm very well, Joe. Thank you again for having me. I am excited to get into this, and I'm excited to to kind of get through the inner workings and see where we can find some value to share with our audience. For the people listening, Caroline, who aren't necessarily familiar with Buffalo Multifit or you, give us a, a quick description or, or a little bit of background on what this is. When when people ask you what you do, what do you tell them? Uh, Buffalo Multifit is a boutique personal training company. Uh, we do not cater to the masses. We work with all walks of life from clients with, say, Parkinson's or MS, uh, post-rehab, to prenatal, postnatal, your executives that are traveling all over the world that can't find time to work out on their own, um, stay-at-home mom, to your busy working parent, it doesn't matter, and young athletes as well. Sure. So it doesn't matter. I mean, we have all walks of life in, in our gym. Something for everybody. Yes. I, I find a good deal of fascination and how these things get started and why. So take me back in, in your memory bank to the day that the idea sparked into your head. I'm going to open up my own business. What was going on for you and, and how did we get to where we are now? Well, actually I was a graphic designer and I was uh, designing for a, a big uh, cap company designing ball caps and always in the fitness industry. And my husband at the time was a personal trainer and he was very well known in Western New York. And I watched him help people. And I really admired that. So I was going through my certifications and experience and uh, talking with some of his clients. So I started taking on some personal training clients while I was working full-time. And I got more out of helping people than I did designing ball caps. Mm. So I, you know, I didn't have a exercise science major. You know, I don't have a business degree, but I have a heck of a lot of experience. And then you go through your certifications and then you, um, you learn one thing after another. And I'm still going through certifications, but that's, that's really it. I just, one day I, I got up and I quit. I quit my job. I put in my two weeks and I said, I want to help people. This, is a, big, this is a big, brave leap. At that it point. is. It is. Cause you go from, excuse me, you go from a nine to five job with 24 seven job. You know, uh, I think running yeah. a business is very, uh, people don't understand it. Yeah. 
think, especially oh, building make- a new business from scratch, yes. you get to yes. make your own schedule. You get to take off when you can. And, you know, it was, it was very big. I didn't have the insurance, you know, the health insurance. So there's a making that leap. There were a lot of things I wasn't thinking of right away, but I said, I'd figure it out. And I did. And here we are a yep. decade plus later, uh, and I'm sure that you know more about running a business today than you did all of those years ago. And helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have learned from other people. I've done more research uh, and it's, I can, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Just reminisce on on the time that you've been doing this for a minute and highlight kind of both sides of the coin for us. What's been What's been your favorite part about being a business owner and what's been the most challenging part for you? Walking into my building at probably 4.30 in the morning and that's my property. That's my facility. This is my name. I've built this. That is, you know, you're tired, you've worked long hours, you have a family at home. And you're just dragging, but that is, that's the best part to me that it's something that I've created from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's probably one of the best feelings. And besides the obvious of people running in and they dropped weight or they, you know, uh, felt good about their wedding photos or, um, you know, I have a gentleman with Parkinson's and the doctor says, whatever you keep, whatever you're doing, keep on doing because it's working. You know, yeah. he comes in a couple of times a week and gets stretched and work on mobility. And um, that, that is, that's the best. Yeah. I find that of the people that I talk to on this podcast, there's always some noble element of why we started you. If you were exclusively in business to to make dollars and dollars only fitness is probably not the industry it is not there are there are many many ways to make money and i'm not trying to suggest at all that it's not about that but if the in this continuum of pure greedy capitalism on one side and Mm -hmm. pure goodwill and, and sunshine and rainbows on the other side fitness probably slots itself somewhere in the middle Sure. You know, we need to we need to have elements from both sides. Yeah, you're not going to make millions as a personal trainer or a personal trainer business owner. No. Right. <laughs> now just flip that over, right? It's it's not always sunshine and rainbows. And so what's been what's been the most challenging part of your business ownership tenure? Dealing with employees. Not the first time I've heard that. Elaborate a little. Dealing with employees. Um and I recently let somebody go who was with me for three years uh, because they stole from me. And, you know, you you learn to trust these people and you'd want respect out of them to not do certain things and um, respect how you run your company. Um, and there's more people that don't than yeah. can do. And it's, it's sad. It is, it's sad. And, um, but that employees have been expensive, you know, where they end up making more than the owner. And, but you know, you, you, 
you know, I've had some trainers that were, were very well, but they were just had no, uh, person, personnel, good personality traits. So they were very educated, but they couldn't, they couldn't communicate well with people or they had their own attitude. And it's, it's hard to find somebody that has it all, you know, the education and the, the good characteristics of a trainer. You work with so many different people. Yeah. Fitness is a, is an interesting venture because of, of what you said. If you just want to be a personal trainer and you are a sole owner and operator, you can you can make it so far. But if you have ambitions to grow your business and help people beyond just the hours that you have available personally, at some point we'll need a team. Mm-hmm. But that adds a lot of complexity to an organization like this. And I think about it like raising kids. This is your baby. At the end yeah. of the day, you want to raise it in the way that you want it to be raised. As soon as other people start putting influence on that, it strikes an emotional chord that that a lot of the time people necessarily aren't prepared for. Sure. You know, we we want it to be treated and respected as you described. And you work but, hard for a good reputation. Yeah. And you know? all of that, all of that could be down the drain yep. and, and yeah. who knows what. So there's a lot of trust involved in, in bringing on a staff and it's, it's a rabbit hole that could take our conversation hours and hours and hours to talk oh, about oh, staffing. Yeah. But I think sure. everybody that listens to this knows what you're talking about. It's, it's just difficult to find the right pieces to put in place. And, you know, to a <clears throat> personal training job is not a nine to five job. You know, it's early mornings and it's later in the, you know, afternoon and evenings. So, you you know, most have a little break during the day. So, you know, trainers either want to work in the morning or they want to work at night. Yeah. That's what shift is not for everybody. No, it's, it's, you gotta, it's everywhere. I mean, people want, they want to get in before work. So you're there at 5.00 AM. Or they want to come in after work. So you're training them at 7, 7.30. Yeah. And the weekend. Sh- yeah. There's, no, there's no shortage. At least mm-hmm. you work when everybody else isn't working. Yes. At least. Yeah. I want to I shift gears a little bit here um, because 13 years in the business is, is no small feat. And that would suggest at some point that we figured out how to bring in clients, at least with, with some consistency because of the model of what you do being personal training and semi-private based, how have you found success from a marketing sense to get new people through the doors? What is, all right, let me ask the question this way, actually, what's worked well for you and what would you maybe not recommend people do? Well, I have tried our two main ways that we get people, new clients is word of mouth and drive-bys. Um, word of mouth, I mean, it is, it can make or break you, you know, but I, many times people come, people come in and say, oh, my so-and-so has come here or I used to come here or this. And even if they stopped in the past, they obviously spoke well about us because now their sister's coming in or their aunt's coming in or whatever the case may be. So word of mouth and, and drive-bys of our facility are the top two. Are definitely top two. Um, 
we have tried commercials on the radio in the past and that was not successful no we have tried <laughs> okay <laughs> we have tried a commercial on tv that yep. was not successful and again people have have told us they're like you know the the marketers are like oh well you need to keep doing it you know you can't oh, just that's a such a marketing of, answer oh. yeah a month or two of you being on a commercial no you okay, need well, to keep that, paying me <laughs> right that is extremely expensive um so we you know all all we got was hey i saw you on a commercial okay great yeah right so our, that, our revenue and our membership look the same at the end of the month yes 100 yeah. percent. um and then we did try a billboard okay i assume with the same sort of efficacy as tv and radio yeah absolutely yeah. hey so you had a billboard got it yeah hey that's you on the billboard yep yep what about the the digital side of things, Caroline? Have you guys how much of a of role does social media or or a website play in what you guys do? That um I do think that's very, very imperative because as we get drive-bys, people will pull us right up or they'll type in, you know, gyms near me or personal trainers near me. Um so that is that is very relevant. Um so I think having a nice presence online with the website and social media is important. Now we don't, I don't do it as much as I could uh, for the marketing on the yeah. Instagram side, yeah. but I don't have a lot of, like, I don't know where to put people right now anyway. There's an, yeah, that's a good challenge. There's so there's a lot of layers to this mm -hmm. first and foremost we we don't necessarily have the capacity to expand our membership a tremendous amount but two and i think this is unspoken in our industry a lot and it's just that people think that they should be active on on facebook or instagram or whatever it is but i have never spoken to a gym owner who opened up their gym because they dreamed of sitting on facebook ads manager and running campaigns all day it's just usually right. it's just an afterthought for people yeah. of oh yeah it's something i should do for you moving forward you mentioned capacity and so that seems kind of a more immediate challenge than solving our marketing issues what needs to happen for you guys to be able to expand or are we not interested in expansion at all oh absolutely always interested in expanding but we are private and boutique. -y. So if Balancing we're, act. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, we have, I do have the, uh, the semi-private training, um, uh, that runs in the gym, um, in Buffalo multi-fit and, you know, they do their circuit training, but us as boutique personal trainers, you know, you, you can't have tons of people in the facility because people that want to go to that direct one-on-one -on -one in a small place don't want tons of people around. They, they come there because we don't cater to the masses. Right. So we're not looking to add an addition or, um, you know, I, even if I know that right now there's just two of us trainers, if there were three, I'd have to figure out a schedule so all three trainers aren't in there. A, we don't have the room for it, 3,000 square foot. But 
you know, you want people to feel comfortable. So it's a, it's a fine line for sure. So tell us and, and kind of enlighten us on where things go from here then. I think usually when I, when I talk to people in our industry, it's one of two challenges. Either we have a ton of room, but we can't figure out how to get people in or the situation that you're in more where we're getting close to filling up the space that we do have. So what's next? Right. Where do you go with all of this? Well, <clears throat> currently we had a water main break about a month ago. So right now we are, the gym is like under construction and we were still running it. Oh the contractors coming in, you know, working on the bathroom, working on the drywalls. And um, so the space is smaller than it usually would be because everything's moved around. When that is, is new, uh, hopefully within the month, it will be uh, already. We will, I wanted to work more with the different spin classes and I've started to bring those back. So along with the boutique personal training, I, I think I'm going to add in small, we have like eight, nine bikes. We had more, but I sold them before COVID. We had 12 of them and I sold, sold a few of them. Um, brand new spin bikes and then COVID hits. So I'm stuck with $22,000 worth of spin bikes. <laughs> so I sold a few, but- um, I don't mean to laugh at you. It's just, it's, it's just so ironic. many examples of that, yeah. that situation. But I, you know, I, I've thought about this this morning, actually many mornings of, <clears throat> you know, having that, that monthly consistent income coming, coming in. And you can do that with classes more than you can PT because people travel or they aren't training that week because their kids are sick or they're in work meetings. And so you get people that are consistent no matter what, you know, there, there can be an earthquake and they'll still be there or, you know, they're sick all the time or you, you can't always bank on eight to 12 sessions a month. Okay. Yeah. Um, whereas people paying for say unlimited spin classes, they'll, I'm thinking I've done it in the past and it worked well, no matter how many they want to take, they'll just pay. And that's, that's some monthly consistent revenue coming in. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I might change a few things over with that. It's an interesting balancing act and a challenge that, that has plagued our industry for years is the, the session-based personal yeah. training model. I'm only making money if the client comes. Right. I don't know when they're going to re-up on this right. package. It can be a difficult task to predict revenue month to month. Yes. But to pull the trigger and change the model, even especially on personal training, but even on semi-private training to go from 12 session packages to two sessions a week on a subscription type situation. Right. We've got a lot of people and, and there may be some pushback. So there's, mm -hmm. there's the legitimate fear. And, yeah. And the, I, I wouldn't change the, the sessions we do. We do it um, by a 10 pack, a 50 pack or a hundred pack. And they can use it how they want. They just have to train at least one time a week. That works very well. Yep. That works very well. Um, 
Yeah. But again, so balancing balancing that with some recurring revenue might make sense yes. for you. That's what you I'm. Forward. That's what I'm leading towards and trying to find. Now is trying to find the manpower. Which <laughs> Back to the staffing situation. <laughs> right, and finding good manpower to. Oh yeah. You know, get A these. Tale as old as time. Yeah. Space, and I think I think uh, if I'm being honest, if I were to share my opinion on this. Pre-COVID, there were a lot of people in fitness who were one foot in, one foot out. They would do part-time coaching, personal training, whatever that looked like. And then they had their their main gig, whatever that was. And when gyms shut down, I think those people were just cut out. So the supply of staff is far lower. Mm -hmm. And it's a lagging, lagging metric. There's just people just aren't returning to fitness yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when they will, you know, it's an unfortunate byproduct of what happened in lockdowns and restrictions and whatnot. But I had two fitness trainers. One went to independent health and one went to the photography business. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. We have to deal with it, but it makes it more of a challenge, especially in a, a small business like this, where we don't necessarily have the funds to throw around at payroll and, and pay people exorbitant amounts just to attract trainers from other situations. It's right. a challenge. And like you said earlier, what do we do? We can either bring on somebody relatively fresh and not necessarily the most knowledgeable, or we can bring in somebody who's established and experienced understanding that they may have their own biases and training style and whatever it may be. And right. I don't think there's a one size fits all answer, but it's, it's a challenge nonetheless. Now expand this out further for us, Caroline. I want to kind of tie this up with a bow in one final question. As you see the future of Buffalo multi-fit, what, what do you want to accomplish with this business? Where do you see this whole thing going? Well, it's, it's going to, it's, it's growing. It's minus the obvious two crazy years. Um, <clears throat> it's consistently growing. Um, so I, what I see is I will have to hire another trainer or instructor and the personal training will continue to grow, but I will, I will add, get into some kind of class format in my back room with the spinning and say like the stretching or Pilates or um, so I, I think that's going to end up going into a, it's kind of going to be split off to the, the personal training and then some class more classes. And honestly, that's how it was pre COVID and it worked great. It worked yeah. great. So I think I'm going to have to, move back i feel that's what's going to happen yeah yeah it it's a it's an interesting conversation and and one as we just kind of brainstorm and, and spitball through this but i think that there are a lot of people coming out of this pandemic with similar thoughts we had our way of operating pre-pandemic the pandemic shook up a lot of things and we had to adjust and, and change on the fly and now here we are at this moment in time figuring out what path we want to go. Mm -hmm. You know, this is entrepreneurship. You get to make the rules at the end of the day. It's your business. But where do we want to take this thing long-term? 
I think these kinds of conversations help all of that to kind of just work through different thoughts, but there's a, I think there's a lot of change coming to our industry in the near future, at least. So I also think that's why a lot of those um, like orange theories and F45s pop up because it's a heck of a lot easier to find instructors because they just sit there they tell you what to do. And whereas when you're a personal trainer, I mean, you're working with different variations of uh, training styles and different uh, your clients, like every client is a different person. So you're dealing with their characteristics themselves. Mm -hmm. um, totally different model, but you totally know, different. body, different body issues, you know, back pain, knee pain, shoulder problems. Um, so it's, I think it's a lot easier to find those, those instructors as opposed to, you know, a, a good personal trainer that can work with all the varieties of life. Couldn't agree. And so the challenge, the challenges are not solved, at least through our conversation, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll continue fighting the good fight. Caroline, that's a good place for us to, to begin to wrap up our talk, but I want to save a minute for you to be able to tell people where they can learn more about what you guys do. What's the best website? What are the social media links? How can people find you guys? Uh, Instagram is the is Buffalo underscore multifit and the buff just Buffalo multifit through Facebook and Buffalo multifit.com. Straightforward enough. Yes, Simple absolutely. and easy. This, like I said, this has been a bunch of fun. I, I genuinely appreciate your willingness to share and, and contribute to the overall conversation. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Cause it sounds like there's some decisions to be made, but all hopefully leading in a, in a positive direction. That's all the time that we have, but I wish you nothing but the best, Caroline. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I always enjoy working with you guys. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.